thing that people see and love, it is not even 5% of who we are and what we do. And I think understanding that, because everyone wants to paint the amazing painting, everyone wants to stand on the platform, everyone wants to be acknowledged for, you know, and, but if you understand just the power of the unseen in our lives, like our character, not just our gift is what actually sustains us. And that is built when nobody's watching. It is not glamorous and it's not easy, but it's the thing that makes the painting better. But it's not glamorous and it takes discipline to build, but it is the most important thing, I think. This is the Hillsong Creative Podcast, where we hear from creative experts, influencers, dreamers, and doers, what they've learned and what we can learn from their journey as we explore, respond, and create. Hey, welcome back to season three of the podcast. It's so great that you're back. We've had a really good break. Uh, Hillsong Conference has been happening and but now we're back into the into the new season of the podcast and I'm really excited about, I guess, this season and the guests we've got coming up, the interviews we've got coming up. It's going to actually be an amazing season. So thank you for listening, uh, you know, so far and subscribing and being a part of this journey with us. It's been really good. Uh, today, I've got a really fun interview uh, to start the new season with JD, Jonathan Douglas, who most of you would know probably uh, from Hillsong United. He's one of the worship leaders that travel with Joel and Jad and the rest of the crew with Hillsong United. It's a fun interview. He is is such a positive character so that um, when he's talking, even the negative experiences of life come across as really positive. Um, I question him about his confidence and about, uh, I guess, how he's approached life. It seems like, you know, for people like him, you could look at look at JD and just see the mountaintop experience, see him on the platform and just think it's all success and life is just easy. Uh, but we delve into the journey of life and I guess the journey of getting to success and even behind the scenes of what it means to live what people would perceive as a successful life. So as you listen, I guess uh, apply that to your own creativity and your own journey and maybe even put yourself in his shoes because I think you'll find that he's very relatable and the journey that, and the way he talks about the journey can apply to us all. So let's jump into the interview and uh, thanks again for joining us on Season 3. Hey JD, it's so good that you joined us today on the podcast. Um, we're just starting a new season and it's so great for you to be the first person in the new season. Yes, hey, that <laughs> makes me feel very special but I love uh, I love this podcast and I'm grateful to be on it. It's pretty fun. Um it's it's always funny interviewing someone that you know quite well because um, some, th- some of the things that I don't need to ask about um, because I know you, people listening don't know. So I feel like we should take it right back and start at the very beginning. Who was JD when you were a little boy? How would you describe yourself? Um, I was full of energy, full of life um, and ready to give anything and everything a go. I feel like the more life went on, to be honest, the more insecure I feel like I became, you know, as I got a little bit older, um, I guess like all of us can do, and um, and really grew up uh, not really feeling like I was good at anything, mm-hmm. um, but loved life. I've always had this natural just zest and excitement for life, but personally looking in and who I am and what I have to offer and give always felt like I was kind of, to be honest, the last person to be picked for the soccer team in the schoolyard at school and um, didn't feel like I had much to contribute or give. 
But I guess what's marked my life is growing up in the house of God was the one place where I came and I felt completely accepted, mm. loved, and um, and growing up in a Christian home meant that I grew up in church and I've been in Hillsong Church here since I was four years old. And so I felt like I'd be at school or I played sport on the weekends and just always like I'd be on the bench mm. for my sporting team. Right. And I think the only re- reason I was on the bench was because my dad was the coach. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I don't think I'd even be on the team. Um, but I loved just coming coming through Sunday school and youth group and having leaders and growing up in an environment where people believed in me. And mm. I just got told week in, week out that God has an amazing plan for my life. And I think that I was naive enough to believe that and mm. hold on to the truth of God's word. And it's completely defined my life. And I still doesn't take long to look in and, and rediscover the fact that I don't think that I'm all that or have that much to offer, but I do know that I, the God in me is limitless and he's the God of the impossible and I get to partner with him. And so I have faith that I can do anything. That's my journey. <laughs> Amazing. So then as a kid, were you particularly like uh, musical or, or creative? No, uh, funny story. I I guess my parents were the kind of parents just put me in everything. Like I did gymnastics as a really young boy. I right. did soccer. I tried rugby league. Were they just trying different things to see well, what you could do? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. At the time I guess I thought that was normal, but now that I have kids <laughs> I'm just going like it's actually, you know, yeah, I don't know if I want to spend all the money and time at practices, but right. I'm glad my parents did it for me. So we're kind of doing the same with our little ones at the moment. But I did the only musical thing that I did was join the choir at school. And again, had no, I didn't love it or didn't not like it. I just think that was what you did. Mm-hmm. But so I started getting singing lessons at a quite a young age. And then I guess a time when a boy goes through, you know, uh, puberty. And for me, I went from having the highest pitched voice, like I would answer the phone at home when I was 10, 11, mm-hmm. and the phone would ring and I'd pick it up and I'd be like, say hello. And people would say, hi, Robin, which is my mum's name, <laughs> because my voice was so high mm-hmm. pitched that. You know, then uh, kind of overnight it broke, and now I literally have one of the deepest voice out of all, all our friends. Yeah. And um, and I remember my singing teacher saying when my voice had broken, "Hey, you know, maybe stop singing for a year because your voice needs to, you know, which is I think quite normal." And I was kind of like, "Yes," because I I didn't really think or I had a passion or desire to sing, right. and so I completely um, stopped singing. And then kind of a few years later, got roped back into it. Okay, so that's a story. Tell us about that. How did you go from obviously then stopping singing to then starting again? And because people would know you from United and from going around the world. Yeah, I kind of sing full time. It's like my job. It's, (laughs) it's, It's the funny side of God. But so... For me, I was passionate and involved in in our church and helping out, you know, with our youth ministry. And a guy who used to lead the worship um, and still kind of, you know, does every now and then anyway, Marty Sampson, who's one of the founding, you know, one of our amazing songwriters and worship leaders. And he was a couple of years older than me. And we kind of started hanging out and we'd go surfing every Saturday and we'd listen to the radio and sing out with the windows down. You know, I wasn't, you know just carefree and he said to me one day when we're coming back from a surf hey you should sing with us at youth and at that time there was no worship team there was just like a drummer a bass player an electric guitarist and marty would sing and play guitar and i was like well i don't you know i don't know i could don't i'm scared and he just long story short persisted week after week when i was i was one petrified Mm. of being on stage in front of people Mm. i was just riddled with nerves and um and didn't think i could sing again i guess certain insecurities and lacking confidence and, but he just persisted and the only way I actually ended up singing at youth was he came to my house one time and knocked on the door and I was fresh out of excuses why I couldn't sing. Yeah. And then that was the beginning of the journey for me 
which started very, I think, um, timidly and probably not very well. <laughs> right. So then, like now, if people see you on the platform, uh, a lack of confidence would not be something I, I think they would they would say of you. Yeah. Um, how has that journey been? As in, so first from from that first time when Marty dragged you along to now, has it been just a straight line of of more and more moral confidence and and you know, just stepping out and just going for it? Or how? Tell us about that. Yeah, to be honest, it's been one of my biggest struggles. And um, you know, early on, the first few times I was singing, I remember literally mouthing, like not letting sound come out of my. Even though I was there to sing, yeah. but I didn't want to sing the microphone because that's how petrified I was of one the sound of my own voice and that I might make a mistake or I couldn't hit certain notes. And um, I do believe and can can see that I think there has been an anointing on me to step out because at the same time when I would get a microphone and step on a stage, I'd praise God. Like I'd go crazy known mm. for dancing and having a lot of fun and I think that's just the spirit of God in me would kind of come out. But this battle of like of sometimes even wanting to vomit before I got on the stage, those nerves that, you know, which is really the sign of the lack of confidence that I had. And I think there was like it was just a gradual time of doing it and, you know, working hard on, I guess, the natural side of the gifting and by getting singing lessons and improving. But I would say there was like the biggest shift ever was I just got this God revelation, which was through God's word. I was reading this story. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, I think, and it's Paul is kind of uh, kind of talking to the, the church in Romans and or Corinthians, I said, sorry, and, um, and just basically talking about how, you know, it's not about self-confidence. It's not about us, you know, boasting in our own ability, but actually like, he says, forget about self-confidence, but cultivate God confidence. And I started to, it was a, almost an overnight shift. It didn't disappear because I'd say it's been a journey. It was a bit of both. Um, but really for me, taking the focus off, can I lead worship or can I not? Can I make God come? Can I not? It's like at the end of the day, like, you know, uh, I'm not very confident in who I am and what I can do, but you know what I'm so confident is who God is and what he can do and the truth that the God who just spoke this earth into, you know, to being, he didn't work for like a year to create the ocean and the sand. Mm. He spoke it in it like in, in, a, in a millisecond and mm. he enabled Moses to part the Red Sea. He, um, you know, he raised Jesus from the dead and that I start to think about who God is and I'm yeah. like, oh, you cannot convince me otherwise the power of God, but then God is Emmanuel, he dwells with us. And so for me, my focus when I enter, I'm doing anything I'm like yeah um, I might do it I might not be able to but God can always do it Mm. and so that whole the big shift for me in confidence is as long as I've prepared and done my job I know that God can do anything and so that kind of that dynamic was a huge revelation to Mm. me. Do you think that applies to every area of your life or has that just been a thing that's sort of mainly focused on on the platform side of life, if that makes sense. No, I actually think it's every area of life, going through school, going to work, being a father, being a husband in family, all areas. I think most days there is a challenge or a struggle. Mm. And again, I know for me learning that, uh, and to, I don't make a big show out of it, but I have I try and have a bit of a daily routine whenever I've come to, maybe it's after a coffee, but, you know, if I get a <laughs> little bit of time to myself just to take a deep breath and say, and invite the Holy Spirit to bring wisdom and strength because I know that, you know, that God does have all the answers, but I don't. And um, and I think just that heart, that 
that position leaning towards, you know, trusting in God, having that faith, knowing that God, again, is promises that he'll never put us in a situation that we can't handle. And even if there's been those moments where at the time I've walked out of a meeting or had a day where I'm like, did I stuff? I think I stuffed it or that was, you know, I can see whether it be days, weeks or months or years down the line that how much God was actually with me in that moment. And again, I find myself looking forward to, I don't know, I can't tell you what the next one to 10 to 20 years are going to look like. And the more I try and think and figure it out, probably the more stressed or, you know, nervous I get about it. But I also am super confident that, you know, I, I know at least looking back in the last 34 years of my life, there has not been one time where I felt like God's let me down at all. And like for me, that's, you can't convince me otherwise of mm. the faithfulness of God. That's awesome. Okay, so as part of United, you're traveling quite a lot, I would say, um, a lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you're married. You mentioned you have kids. Yeah. How do you navigate the emotional side of, um, like the confidence side of being on a big platform and then coming home and then, in a sense, having to pick up my own towel. Yeah, coming back <laughs> to just you're a dad and you're you've got regular responsibilities and you know yeah. normal life if you like, and that that sort of real it feels like an extreme difference between being a on a big, big platform in front of lots of people and then being hidden away at home with your family doing normal stuff. Yeah. To be honest, it's been a really bizarre journey for the best part, to be honest, of almost the last 15 years of being able to travel and standing on platforms in front of a lot of people mm. um, and then coming home and doing the most mundane things. But to be honest, for me, I think where everything's been normal to me is just one, I've been grateful to grow up in that kind of environment. We're part of a team that are really clear on why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. And I think that the two is, even though they look different to my home life, mm. what I'm doing on the road and what I'm doing at home, the, the purpose or the, the heart and the why is exactly the same. Mm. It's really boiling down as a, as a team, as a church in my life, I feel like Jesus really put it out so clear for everyone that you know our goal is to love God with all your heart, your soul and your strength and love your neighbour as yourself. Mm. And so if that stays at at the core motivation of why I'm getting on a stage is because I love God. I want to glorify him. I want people to see him and then I want to love these people. And I believe the best way we can love someone is to encourage them in their journey of faith mm. um, or tell them about Jesus if they've never heard. That's the best thing we can do for people, right? And then when I'm at home being a husband and being a dad, I want that to glorify God. It's a lot easier to glorify God on a stage in front of 10,000 people, you know, because <laughs> it's like you've only got an hour there, but 24-7 with your family. Like yeah. there's obviously those challenges but I think for me trying to keep that holistic like one picture mm. view of my life is that I'm doing the same thing. It looks different. Mm. and But let's be honest, like the truth is it does look extremely different when I'm overseas yeah. and when I'm home. And I think that, again, I think it could look the same for all of us. We have to make sure that we do that take up that Romans 12 instruction that we need to renew our mind. Mm. In other words, just keep keep getting back on track of what we're doing. And so mm. I have to be really disciplined in that. Otherwise my mind wanders or I feel like I'll get off track if I'm not renewing my mind, continually going, mm. you know, what? what's what's the goal of mm. my life? What is the goal of my day? Mm. What's the kind of father, husband, employee or worship leader that I want to be? Mm. And, um, and I think that kind of helps the level out the absolute extremities of life. Mm. Would you say that working out the one thing has helped you then just do everything well? Yeah, well, I don't think I do everything well, but I I would say that what keeps me on track to trying or like doing it as best as I can would be for sure keeping it simple yeah. and understanding. Otherwise you start to question. You can get We can get so caught in what we're doing mm -hmm. and make it about that. And I, I think 
I see that as a huge theme in the Bible. I think the Israelites that they got so consumed in what they were doing, and even the even in Jesus' time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all they would they had the best of intentions trying to keep the law or trying to like hold on to what they thought it was all about. But the Bible is like a good little lesson for all of us to see how easy it is to miss God, to see God do something incredible. Like you know. Um, some of the people that with their own eyes saw the Red Sea part, mm. they start they they missed the whole point of what it's all about, and mm. fo- they focused on the minor instead mm. of the major, mm. and um and I think we are I will at least talk for myself. I am very I'm like a huge candidate for the same thing, and so um if I just understand what I'm doing, the why behind it for me, it seems really simple, but I like that has been probably one of the biggest things for me to keep my spirit. I think. Um, or hopefully I've kept my, I'm keeping my, you know, spirit happy and healthy to help other people is just understanding why I'm doing everything. And then, because what we do changes dramatically, even in the space of one day, Mm. but even in seasons, I think for all of us, like when your season changes, what you're doing, sure, we're all human and we can go through a process time of of change. Mm. But I think if we understand that it doesn't matter what we do, you know, if if it always comes down to that kind of core value of why we're here on earth and Mm. why we should be doing everything we're doing, I think it just helps through some of Mm. of life's crazy circumstances. Your story has uh, that you told us was from when you were little. You know, the, this guy Marty, he sees you and sees something in you, wants you to uh, be a part of, you know, singing and puts you on a platform. And that leads, one thing leads to another. Long story short, 15 years later, or whatever, you know, years and yeah, years later, yeah. um, you, you're traveling the world and on these big platforms in front of lots of people. It sounds like this sort of beautiful, poetic, <laughs> you know, success story almost. But in that, because I guess the reason I highlight that is because people listening, their journey might be a bit more meandering than that. And I wondered for you if it has been just, you know, from high to high, just the mountaintop after mountaintop, or if there's been some valleys along the way. Yeah. Hopefully I'm aware enough to see how people could perceive my journey, at least over the last 15 years of starting to United to, you know, where we are right now. But I would almost say that there's never been a season that I feel like we were kicking goals. I think even as a team or personally speaking to myself where I feel like I've always been on the mountain, it's actually been the complete opposite, you know, um, and that's where the beauty of hindsight and that's where I can sit here and say, looking back, yeah, I, it's obvious how I can see the hand of God on my life and the incredible things that I've been a part of. But mm. I look at, I remember being in all those seasons and actually questioning God mm. and questioning myself. Mm. You know, there's not, a specific huge valley moment, but I would just say that it's been the faith journey of where it's almost like, and I, the cool thing is, well, I'm just going to be positive and say it's the cool thing. I feel like I'm at the exact place right now where, um, where I'm like, I don't know what's next. I know that God is next and he's good. And so I'm good. But Mm. I, I think if anything, the last 15 years has taught me Mm. or, you know, even the few years before that is just to, that God is actually in control, Mm. especially when we don't feel like he is, that doesn't mean that he's not. Mm. And so I definitely look at my journey so far and go, yeah, I've like, I've seen God come through because I haven't had it together and I've made mistakes, but God's gracious and merciful and has kind of helped, you know, the more that I've been able to surrender and submit to God, the Mm. more that it's worked out for the better. Yeah. Do you think that then, you know, because the way you're describing life now um, from the inside is more like what my picture of the struggling artist who's sort of always wanting to do better and, and, and trying his best and, and yet not never quite satisfied. Um, 
Is that how you see it or you just see it as just just surrender is just what it's about or is it back to your confidence thing and is that just played out throughout life? No, well, I think that it's, it's, it's a bit of both. I would say not to sound overconfident but mm. that journey of, you know, one having to stand in front of a lot of people a lot of times yeah. and more the revelation that I've talked about of just placing my confidence in God that mm. – I feel like I, I'm. I want to get more confident, mm. but I've definitely have felt like I've built my confidence on God, and I'll keep doing that. So, all, and all that really means, you know, naturally is I know I'm sitting down with you. Mm. We're going to have a chat, and who knows, maybe one, maybe ten, maybe thousands will hear this. And there's an element where I go, oh no, I don't know what to say. I can't help anyone, but <laughs> right. I, I just have my natural kicking reaction is like, you know, God's with us and I believe that people will be encouraged in who God is and I'm sweet. Yeah. I'm, I'm no longer, you know, unconfident, so to speak. Mm. But I think the 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 paradox or the tension of things in play is that one, here on earth, we're just in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we're ever going to arrive. And I think knowing that doesn't mean you go, well, I don't care. I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. Absolutely not because Mm. God's so clear on the plan he has for us and we have so much to do. Mm. There is a huge harvest that we have a part in to helping people see. Otherwise, if they don't, like they go to, you know, their life will not end in eternity. Mm. Um, And so, but just understanding that we're never going to, a sense of never arriving and also that I think that faith is actually about believing for what you can't see mm. and trusting in, in God the way we do it with all our heart is when you lean not on your own understanding. Mm. And so like I think you're actually in the right place if it doesn't make sense, if you can't see it and if I can't understand it, there's nothing wrong with being in that place and mm. it's learning to be comfortable in the uncomfortable and I don't know if that's possible or how but at least you just know again the one thing I, I love is that I go, okay, on my 30 years on earth so far, mm. I just look, the more I look back, the more I see God's faithfulness. With each year, mm. I look back and go, God was so faithful. Did it happen the way I wanted or expected? Absolutely not. Mm. But it was better because it was God's plan. Mm. And so that's where the element of just surrender mm. comes into it. Yeah. And um, and I know for my, why I'd love to encourage anyone to keep on that surrender journey is because it's worth it. Mm. And, you know, um, and God never says it's going to be easy. He never promises, you know, in the scriptures that it's going to be the way that we want it, but he said it's going to be worth it. Mm. And I can say for sure that's my experience. And so I look forward still going like, I don't know what the future holds. And I kind of care, but I kind of don't. You know, I just know I've got to be faithful and I just try and bring it down to, right, what am I here today, today to do? And if I can glorify God and help people, then that's like the step one. Yeah. Everything else will start to work itself out. We'll get right back to the episode brought to you by our Hillsong Worship and Creative Conference, which happens in Sydney, Australia every November. It's for every kind of creative, whether you're a musician, singer, a graphic designer, architect, an audio engineer, or video editor. It's a place for the artists of the church to gather together, to worship, to be inspired and refreshed, and to be equipped and trained for your sphere of creativity. Come be a part of everything happening on site, like the exclusive collabs with practical training from our key Hillsong team. The conference has limited spaces, so if you can't make it to Sydney this year, why not join the online conference experience so you don't miss a moment of the main sessions? Find out more at hillsong.com forward slash WCC. We can't wait to host you in November. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hi, I'm JD, and this is my Fantastic Four. 
So my favourite movie of this year would be, unfortunately, none because I haven't been to the movies or I think even seen a movie this year because I've actually started studying again online. So every spare chance to watch a screen, I'm watching lectures. So very, very exciting answer. My favourite time of day is 5pm because most times I get to leave the office and go home and hang out with the kids, do dinner, bath, all the normal stuff that, to be honest, feels like a treat. So my favourite cuisine would be Chinese, specifically satay chicken. I really, yeah, I'm an Asian food man. So the title of the current chapter of my life would be The Unknown. And I guess that is because I have my plans and I have my desires and my dreams, but I don't exactly know what the next season holds for me. But that's kind of faith and that's life. And so I love it. So you seem, I watch you on Instagram and you seem to post photos of uh, exercise in the morning <laughs> and doing ridiculous, you know, training things. Yes. What is that? Why do you do that? Um, well, I think I... I Not just, the posting on Instagram. I mean the exercise. Yeah. <laughs> Although you can talk about that posting on yeah. Instagram too. <laughs> no, I think I Instagram scares me. I feel like I don't really know how to do social media well. I um, But... I love exercising. It's kind of, I've learned it to be, you know, the biblical principle of you reap what you sow. Mm -hmm. And um, I found it doesn't make sense naturally, like, because if you're tired, you feel like you should rest. And obviously if you've had no sleep, wisdom, like simple wisdom says sleep. But I've found really through traveling and just even home life that when I sow energy, I actually reap energy. Mm. And I've found, and I think, again, it's pretty simple, but I think we can all easily neglect it that, our health is really important that mm. when, yes, we are going to live forever with God in our, you know, um, in in heaven, but we also on earth have these bodies that are quite fragile and frail mm. and I, um, I want to be responsible for that and I'm already feeling convicted because really exercising is important but diet is more important and I struggle right. with that. But anyway, this is not a health and nutrition well, podcast. Funny. But yeah. yeah, The reason I asked is because I wondered about your journey of discipline and how you see self-discipline when it comes to, I guess, outworking our creativity and, and big picture outworking what God would have us do. What part does discipline and self-discipline play and, and has that been a a natural thing for you or have you had to work at it? No, I think it is like discipline, self-discipline is so important. And again, it's like it's one of the main things that I think the Bible even teaches us. Yeah, that I Anyway, I read, maybe it's because I get convicted about <laughs> my, the, the way I struggle with self-discipline. I see it pop out of the scripture often and I'm like, yeah, I know, I've got to keep going on that. But uh, I think it is is crucial and I think it really can sometimes be the difference of, you know, what we can see God do in our lives. Mm. And whether you agree or disagree, I I am in there's no doubt that God has an incredible plan and purpose for us. And the whole fact that through the old and the new testament, God's saying, Hey, you, I'm gonna you got life and death, your choice. Mm. God's like, I've got an amazing plan for you. If you want it, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. And I think where discipline comes into it is us actually stepping into what God has us mm-hmm. to do. And I would say, again, it's so hard, but I think the thing about life that life shouts at us from every corner is that if, you know, the the greater that thing is that we want to obtain, then the greater the sacrifice we have to partake in. And that's where discipline comes into it. Mm-hmm. And so I think for sure it's, and 
it is so important. And I think it just starts with acknowledging that because mm -hmm. I, I don't know anyone who, and there are some people who are crazy and amazing and I'm jealous that you say discipline and they are, it happens yeah, naturally. It, but yeah. I don't know many people who when you say the word discipline, they like feel great about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> At least I don't. Yeah. But I do think it is just, it's a constant journey. And the biggest thing, like so many areas in life, and I know for me that like when you fa fail, get up again. It's If there is breath in your lungs, there's still hope, one, for God to use you and two, to try again. When it comes to, you know, back to what you said, eating and exercising, I make plans all the time that I'm going to be on the cover of Men's Health magazine. <laughs> Not literally, but like that's yeah. my ultimate goal and, yeah. I'm the, and I'll stop trying to get there when I'm in the grave. <laughs> yeah. So like, and I'm nowhere near there, but I just think that element of going, I think, we can, and the devil will try and use guilt and shame to stop us, withhold us. And that can be one of, I think, his greatest tools or our greatest ob obstacle to overcome is like, you know what, when you fall over, just get back up. Mm. If there's, and you can, if you've got breath in your lungs, you can get back up. Mm. Love that. So then when you're, I noticed obviously you're exercising and doing all of that, particularly when you're touring and when you're traveling, you seem to get into a daily routine. And is that easier? when you're doing sort of the same thing every day, you know, traveling, or is it easier when you're at home? It's way easier when I'm away as well because, to be honest, my um, most of the time, unfortunately, my my children and <laughs> wife aren't with me. And so when I'm home, there's a lot I have a lot more and want to have a lot more involvement and responsibility with my family. Mm. But I think for starters, traveling so much, I've noticed that um, – the one of the best tips I could give anybody who is traveling or doing anything like what we're doing is you is exercise and diet will mm. you know because if the thing is when I've and it's happened unfortunately and it hasn't happened for a while but when I get sick on tour mm. I can't take a sickie if there's thousands of people you know ready for us to get on stage and things happen but I've just noticed how easier it is to tour and do what God's called us to do if mm. I'm exercising and eating well mm. but then when I'm home routine goes out the window and it's a constant struggle um, of the seasons of life yeah. that I go through. So the upside of touring would be you, you can get into a rhythm of sort of personal disciplines and of, of you, know, you know what your days look like and all of that. I wonder could the downside be that you're repeating things day after day? So it feels like a bit of a groundhog day. You know, obviously if you're leading worship with in one place and you have the same songs you're leading there as you're leading the very next night and you're doing that again the very next night and you do that for three months in a row, that must be also a discipline to, to somehow find freshness and keep a kind of yeah. good attitude about it. Absolutely. And um, and it's something that if you don't get proactive, if, you, if I'm not disciplined in combating that, so to speak, and mm. I think this really um, is relevant for every single person, mm. I think – about same leading worship in church every week with the same songs or mm. pastoring or leading or going to work, even if it's not ministry-related inside a church kind mm. of setup, I still think that God's called each and every one of us every day mm. to glorify Him and help others. Mm. And But I think it's, it's highlighted on a tour where it is Groundhog Day where you <laughs> get up the same time, you go to rehearsal the same time, you sing the same songs, you get off and have some of the same conversations mm. and, and to all for the right reason. Mm. And so I think for me it has been a discipline to, again, and the simplicity of going, why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. And understanding that we serve a living God mm -hmm. and we are in relationship with God. Yeah. 
So talking to him every day mm. and being the word of God, I think is, you know, if you want God to speak to you, open the Bible. Mm. Yes, he might come to you in a dream. Yes, he can speak to you audibly. Mm. Yes, you can have these crazy spiritual encounters 100%, but I guarantee you, he will speak to you every day mm. most clearly and simply through his word. And I know when I'm doing that, then it's just, again, it's that kind of whole renewing my mind mm. And focusing and understanding that when I'm singing a song, even if it's the same song that I sung the last night, I'm singing it to God now. Right. And in that moment, um, and but that is, it actually just comes down to a choice. Mm. It's a disciplined thing because if you don't make that choice, if you're not proactive in that, you can just go through the motions. Mm. And um, and I think that's a, it can be a dangerous place to get to. Yeah. Uh, the reason I ask about that is because I think a lot of people um, imagine, say they're an, they're an artist in uh, either a musician but but a painter or, you know, an artist in another way. And it's so easy to think that you can just quickly whip up a painting and then you're done. Um, but the monotony of actually having to practice and the monotony of having to come at it every day and and add to it and tweak it and change it and and revisit the same thing over and over um, that's the reality of life and I think that's maybe where life is built is in the monotony of it um, it's not necessarily just in the in the once off you know throw some paint at the wall um, would you say that's been your experience one hundred percent I think in every way that's so true and I think especially with what I do and even a painter or whatever it is, the thing that people see and love, mm-hmm. it is not even 5% of who we are and what we do. Right. And I think understanding that because everyone wants to paint the amazing painting, everyone wants to stand on the platform, everyone wants to be acknowledged for, you know, and in an element there's nothing wrong with that but if you understand just the power of the unseen in our lives, mm-hmm. like our, our character not just our gift is what actually sustains us and that is built when nobody's watching mm. and um and that is it is not glamorous and it's not easy but it's the thing that makes the painting better mm. and it's the thing that makes the you know um what people see is you know, we all have great gifting and god does anoint us for certain things but i think it's our character it's that hard work in mm. the the whole unseen i think is just so powerful mm. but it's not glamorous and it takes discipline to build mm. um but it's, it is the most important thing, I think. Yeah. Um, we should probably nearly wrap it up, but I, I've heard you say that uh, leading worship is a humbling, humbling experience. Leading worship is a humbling experience or it's, you know, you're, you feel humble leading worship, which seems a little bit ironic. You'd think it would that there'd be um, an element of pride or, or, you know, that that could easily slip in when you're standing in front of a lot of people or when people know your name. So then how is... How is your creativity humbling? Well, to me, the reason why I think it is so humbling to lead worship is because I know myself and I'm very human, mm. as is everybody else who is listening to this right <laughs> now. We are all human. And I think that um, God would allow us to have breath in our lungs I think is extremely humbling. Mm. And I think that part of leading worship is you are you are leading people into the presence of God. You are shifting their focus off themselves onto God and in God, in his presence is where we find fullness of joy, comfort, the wisdom, the answers for a situation that we're going through, healing, salvation, you know, all all the things that God has for us is when we decide to, you know, look to him and accept that and, and walk in it. Mm. And the fact that I could play a part in that just floors me. Mm. Um, and I think, the praise of man definitely is something that can bring pride or make you think that you are better than you really are. But I think knowing 
And I, I think I'm glad that we're in a community. I, the one thing I love about our church and our team, and I think it is so important that, you know, I don't go, I don't go, I'm not a solo artist and I don't, you know, I'm not in a band. We are a team mm. that's part of a bigger team that is trying to do one thing, let's build the house of God. And that is just humbling whatever part that we play. Mm. And some play, some positions look better than others. But at the end of the day, I think we should all be humbled that, again, I that we have breath in our lungs. Like, mm. and if, imagine if we lived, I just have to remind myself of that all the time. Mm. And when I start my prayers, I have a really kind of, you know, token little thing that I do, but I'll usually start praying like, God, I just want to thank, because, you know, we should come before God with thanksgiving. Mm. And I'm just, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just thank you for the breath in my lungs. And I stop and just think about if I didn't have that, <laughs> my prayer stops. <laughs> you know? Like, right. I know it sounds really silly, but I think it is the most amazing way to look at our lives and, mm. and at least start from there. Yeah, we need to, life can get more and does get more complicated. But if that's like where we're coming from, that's, that's that level of gratitude and thankfulness, then I've found anyway, it kind of just helps keep us on the right path. Mm. I love that. So coming up, you guys are uh, heading off to South America. Yeah. What's your expectation of, of that upcoming tour? Well, I, I have a smile on my face instantly because it's been one of the most amazing places to travel. I remember going there in the early years of starting to travel and just being blown away by the passion of Latin and South Americans. They're loud and, you know, when we're doing a worship night, it's a lot better when people sing and mm-hmm. it's even better when they sing really, really loud. It yeah. just makes for, for a, a, um, a, a greater time together. And so I think about, you know, South, South Americans and, you know, Latin America is um it's just such a passionate place and I love that it's a different culture it's a different language so we uh, attempt to sing in Spanish and um we none of us can speak Spanish but we've learned a few of the songs so uh, it's quite funny because we'll sing songs in Spanish and get off stage and people will come up to us and just start talking fluently in Spanish and we're like uh, <laughs> we just pretend it's okay we just right. know the songs um but yeah I also I believe I get excited when we go on any tour because each place has a different flavour and style and I think that's because of culture and I love the beauty of, you know, that of the world being like that. But I also go the reason that we are going on this tour mm. is ho- hopefully the greatest reason that people come to these nights and they've never heard the, the gospel. Right. Maybe they've heard a song and the spirit of God, the anointing on that song has, has spoken to them but they've never heard the full message and mm-hmm. part of the whole night is geared towards, you know, giving people an opportunity mm. to respond to this great message and mm. make a decision to to follow Jesus and enter that great relationship. Um, but I also, you know, we are champions of the church. That we're sent out from the church and we're building the church and that's part of our message and mandate is encouraging people. I just think that, you know, if we can be strengthening and encouraging the church, mm then that's a really exciting thing and it can only get better and house more people to get saved and mm. be equipped to do what they're going to do. And then I guess individually, again, the message that God does have a plan and purpose for each and every one of us here on earth and that it's beyond what we could think, dream or imagine, Ephesians mm. 3, da, 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 da. Um, and just having people who are coming who are hungry but got who I think God's got a lot for them going, he's actually got more. more. And those that are like, you know what, I'm tired, I'm burnt out, I've been on this journey but it didn't go the way I planned and we're there to go, that's okay. It's not over yet. There's mm. breath in your lungs. There is hope. Keep looking to God. Keep mm. putting him first. And so that gives me energy to get on the platform when I'm jet lagged. That mm. helps me say goodbye to my family that I don't like to do, but I go, it's the greatest opportunity ever. And so mm. I get we get excited to do it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Hey, so one last question. Who would you say is a better worship leader, Jad or yourself? 
Oh, definitely myself. <laughs> and if Chad's listening, I hope you've learned a thing or two. <laughs> hey, thanks, JD, for coming in. And um, Told you my confidence is book good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you coming in and sharing, I guess, your journey and the, the vulnerability of sharing, I guess, about your confidence and, and that, that journey because I think that will actually help people in their creativity, in their expression of trying to follow Jesus and do everything they're meant to do while knowing they're human and can't do it and all of that. So appreciate you coming in. It's been great to chat. Love you and hopefully it helps. (laughs) Hey, well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with JD. He's such a fun guy and such a good friend. But now we're going to switch gears a bit. Today marks 100 days until our Worship and Creative Conference here in Sydney at Hillsong Church. And so as part of that, we've launched the 100-day Creative Challenge with our creative team. And we'd like to invite you to be a part of the challenge as well. So here's the concept. With 100 days, the idea is that you would create every day something and post it online so that we can share. There's a hashtag, it's 100 Day Creative Challenge. So on Instagram, post your your work and then give it the hashtag 100 Day Creative Challenge so we can see it and interact with each other around our creativity. Every week we'll have themes for the challenge. So we'll be posting about that on our Instagram and also online on the conference website, which is hillsong.com forward slash WCC. So check out the themes and be a part of it every week. Our team's here every week at Team Night. We're going to be um, looking at what people are doing and working towards this theme, uh, overall theme, which is the conference theme of The Ascent, taken from the Psalms of Ascent. Essentially just leading up to conference and I guess preparing us and creating this community of creativity and of artwork, spurring each other on in our creation and creating daily. So hope you enjoy that. But um, in the podcast, we're going to have someone's story relating to the theme of that week. So here's this week's story. I call to the Lord in my distress and He answers me. And I'm so encouraged by the thought that as we call out to God, He will answer, He will meet with us and we will be changed by His presence. I love Psalm 120 because it's the very first Psalm of Ascent, which is the songs that the people of Israel sang on their way to the festivals with God. I can think of over the years, a whole lot of people who have positioned themselves to hear from God in our team. I think about the woman in Cape Town who sold her shoes to be in a conference scenario to be where God was. I think about our own team who have overcome personal obstacles to get themselves to where they can hear from God. I think about um, people who have endured great hardship and yet continue to rise up against that and sing songs of worship. I think of people who continue to write poetry and create and dream. They are longing for better, for more, and they continue to seek God in a way that pulls out the very best from inside of them. And so we get to engage with these psalms. We get to, over the next few weeks, read them and meditate on them and dream about them as we prepare for worship conference. And as we begin to unpack these psalms, it gets you longing for something better, for more of God. It's kind of like putting your foot in the footsteps of people who have gone before us. And we sing the same songs that they sang to prepare for meetings for God. Well, that's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. 
If you'd like to subscribe, you can do that on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud. And I'd encourage you to do that so you can be a part of the journey with us. We'd love to hear from you too. So if you want to give us your comments, do that on our Instagram. It's at HillsongWCC. And we'll see you next time. Bye.